Well, guys, let's dig in. Um, we are going to uh, spend a couple weeks just kind of introducing the year. We've got a lot of fun stuff we're going to talk about, a lot of, um, I think, encouraging stuff. I want to remind you, like this time uh, in the middle of the week is meant to be an encouragement for you, a time for you to kind of connect with some friends from church, have fun for sure out there, but come in here and be encouraged in your walk with Jesus. And so um, we are going to uh, walk through some different series this year, um, and we're going to kind of take a step up for some of us in our, in our kind of understanding and our knowledge of Scripture. Um, and tonight, specifically, I'll just give you kind of the layout. I want to give you two specific words that uh, describe Jesus that I think will be important for us this school year. Um, and quite honestly, <clears throat> I've got like excitement about the whole year, um, but there's these two words that Jesus, uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit really laid on my heart for tonight. And so I hope that you'll kind of soak, soak this scripture up. We're going to be Matthew chapter 7 to start. Um, always know, especially if you're, if you're new here, um, we will have the scriptures on the screens, and so I know that it's like, man, if I bring my Bible, I set it down, I get pizza, I'm playing football, I'm playing basketball, I'm playing games, and I kind of lose track of my Bible. Totally cool if you want to bring your Bible. I actually would love to see people bring their, like, actual Bible and, like, take notes or whatever, but if you don't, no judgment. It's all cool. We're going to have scripture on the screen for you. So in chapter, I'm in chapter, in Matthew chapter 7, um, Jesus is going to say this. It's at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. It's like one of the best sermons ever, and he's going to like hit different topics. If you ever want to read it for yourself, it's really brief. It probably would take you five minutes to read the whole thing, and you're like, yeah, we should be more like Jesus in our sermons too, like five-minute sermons. Wouldn't that be amazing? I'm sure there was more, um, but in our written record of what he said, he was like hitting some quick topics and stuff like this. And then the very end of the sermon, he's given different illustrations um, to, to a very just maybe, maybe the most important thing about our understanding of Christianity, which is what does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And Who's in and who's out, and what happens to the people that are in, and what happens to the people that are out. And so, in some of our understandings, while he's talking, some of our understandings, like Jesus is this like authoritarian, and he's on the throne, and he's saying, Do this, don't do that, you're good, you're bad. And and what I want us to maybe do this year is like even out across all of what he taught, um, the different things that he taught, because there's sometimes he's being very, uh, maybe what you would call harsh, and there's sometimes he's being very gentle, and sometimes he's talking to children, and sometimes he's talking to adults. Sometimes he's talking to people kind of inside a church setting, and most times he's talking to people outside of a church setting, and he treats each situation differently, and you really have to focus in on what he says. So he's got this whole crowd, he's teaching, it's the end of his sermon, and he's going to say this, and, and, and I think this is going to be great to, to kick off the year. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall because of it. 
Um, and here's, I want to talk about this for just a little bit. I will tell you, it's been, uh, I think, an interesting, regarding rain in the city of Houston, it's been like a crazy dry summer, almost no rain at all. Um, there was a drought. Um, I, maybe, I don't know exactly what we would call what we're in right now. It seems like we got a drought, and then we got monsoon after monsoon after monsoon. And so uh, that's awesome, and you wish it could just be spread out evenly. Anyone uh, watch the news and pay attention to what's happening like in Dallas this week? Have you seen it? Like it's bad, bad, bad flooding, real bad. Um, and then, you know, from time to time, you'll watch the news and you'll see uh, real bad flooding or like um, the waters rising out of the riverbeds. And, and have you ever seen the videos of the, the houses getting washed away? It's crazy. And that's not to say, I mean, here's the deal. Some of you, I did not live through Hurricane Harvey, but those of you who did, you can just raise your hand. Yeah, like most of us. Who did not? Who was not here? Okay, yeah, yeah. Blessings upon us. Now, we all had our own natural disasters elsewhere, um, but Hurricane Harvey was a major one. Like, my family in Ohio was watching you guys, right, and, and hearing. We didn't know you yet, um, but we, we, actually, we actually kind of knew you because back in Ohio, we were church planners, and did you know, did you know, but sixth graders, you probably don't know this. The reason I came to meet everyone at Houston's First Baptist Church, Siena specifically, is because y'all took a mission trip to work with our church plant that we planted in Columbus. That's where I met, like, Ron Barkley. That's where I met, um, like, the Burkharts, Katie and, and Brian. And so we, we, we were kind of thinking about you. We were hearing about what was going on during Harvey, and there's some, like, bad stuff happening to some very well-built homes. But, like, when there's that much water, there's just nothing you can do but, like, grab a boat and an umbrella and hope for the best, Right? In this case, what Jesus is doing is he's using an illustration to teach something very specific. And he's going to be talking about essentially big, in big terms, what do you do with your life? And we all have to answer this question. And I, and I love that. And maybe you're like, man, we're kicking off the, the year with just this like heaven and hell thing. Um, but, but what are you going to do with your life? And we all have to ask that question. I, I will tell you. Um, I asked that question all through my childhood, and I continued that on into my middle school and high school years. And, and quite honestly, I, I still have conversations about, you know, what does it mean? What does Scripture say? What do I believe? You know, and all this kind of stuff. We, we trust what Scripture says is absolutely true. But if you've ever been a person who's like, ah, I don't know. I can't see and touch God. And so it seems like maybe, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. And maybe you're, you don't have to raise your hand, but maybe you've been there. Maybe, you've, maybe you've, you've had struggles with things like these. Maybe you have friends that have struggles with the words of Jesus. But you do have to deal with what Jesus says. And what Jesus says, he makes this absolutely exclusive claim. You know what I mean by exclusive? He's like, I am the only God, right? The only way to the Father or the only way to heaven it's through me. That's John 14, 6. He's going to say that. And so when he says this to a crowd, he's kind of saying it for the first time. This is Matthew chapter 7. Just a couple chapters ago, right, he was like born, and then he was tempted in the desert, and then, and then he began his ministry after he was baptized by, by John the Baptist. This is like his first sermon. It's probably his best sermon um, that's not true for us humans. Usually our first sermon is our worst sermon. Um, but he's given this amazing sermon, and he ends it with this idea like, okay, I've been preaching, 
If you hear these words, this is what he says. If you hear these words and you do them, you listen and you pay attention and you apply them, you'd be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. But if you hear these words of mine and don't do them, then you'd be like the fool who builds his house on the sand. This is where I want to ask you a question. I wrote this question down. Um, What do you think Jesus means specifically? Like what will actually happen if you... Build, what does he mean by build your house on the sand and great will be the fall of it? Sure. So is he talking about a house? Like your faith. Okay. Anybody else got any thoughts? What is Jesus actually saying here? And I might just not be able to see you if you're raising your hand. He's talking about, us, he's talking about our lives, right? Anyone ever sat up at night and been like, I wonder what really happens when we die. I was listening to a pastor talk recently, and he said, maybe one of the most um, constantly and consistently asked questions on the planet is, why are we here? You ever, you ever just sat and thought about that one? You're laying in bed at night, and you're like, why are we here? And then you can't go to sleep because you're like, Oof, that's a big question. It is a big question. I'll tell you, I think it's an important question. I want you to know, I want all eyes on me when I say this, okay? Because I desperately need you to hear me say these words. If you ever ask that question and you want to have dialogue about it, or maybe you have doubts about the things that the Bible claims, or maybe you disagree with what I say, I need you to hear me say this, you're always welcome here. Some people have this false idea that, oh, I don't believe what, what they believe. I can't, I can't go there. No, 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 no. That is the farthest from the truth. Everyone is welcome here, okay? You're not your weird uncle, okay? Sixth through 12th graders, okay? Don't bring your weird, leave him at home, okay? He's, he's good there. But you six or 12, you got friends that don't believe this, and you're like, let's talk about it. I want this to be a student ministry where if you have questions about what the Bible claims, let me tell you, We're game to talk about it. If we talk about it 52 Sundays a year, I'm game to talk about it. Do I I have some special knowledge that you don't have? No. The only way I do is just that I may have studied the Bible more than you. But I I wasn't like born. I used to think it's about pastors. I I used to think that pastors were like a special breed. And like, well, those guys, I don't know how they get them, but they must like come out and like never sin. And that's how they talk about all this. That's how they know it all. Dude, we are super not perfect. I am no different than you. And I have, listen to me, I have asked all of the same questions. And I've stared at those words of Jesus and I've said, I wonder if it's real. I've stared at those words and said, I wonder if it's real. I wonder what happens when we, when we think about what happens after we die. Or when we think about why we were put on this, what is our purpose. Really what is happening here in Matthew chapter 7 is that Jesus is talking to us specifically about who who will find their purpose in him. Okay, he's he says in other places that there's a wide path and there's a narrow path. Anyone heard this? The wide path leads to destruction, and there's a narrow path that leads to life. It's one of my favorite verses because I think there's this picture, right? On the wide path, you've, it's, it's wide because there's a lot of people on it, 
right? It's like a highway. And it's not going to take you very long as a middle school or high schooler to realize that this world, by and large, has no interest in following the way of Jesus. It's a wide path. Our culture is pointing you away from the way of Jesus, right? But then there's this narrow path. This is Jesus' claim. And you've got to wrestle with it, and I've got to wrestle with it. Mark, do you know something special about Scripture? I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm just reading what he's saying. What he says, there's this narrow path, and it leads to life. There's this wide path, and it leads to destruction. And that's his claim. In fact, if you go look at Luke's version of this story where he's talking about the house building on the rock or the sand, in Luke's version, it adds one more sentence, and it's one of my favorites. It's the next slide. Luke 6, chapter, I'm sorry, verse uh, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? That one hits me over the head like a ton of bricks. You know what the word Lord means? Let's do it. I'm going to teach you two words here, okay? We're going to talk about uh, the Greek meaning of Lord, it's this word. That is like Greek letters on the top. Um, and then if you want it in like English versions, the blue right under it. Uh, everyone repeat after me. Curious. It's kind of like curious. But if you say, yeah, curious is the Greek word for Lord, you're not right. Okay. It's kurios. And it's this word that means um, the owner, the one who has control of the person, the master, a title of honor, expressive of a respect and reverence with which servants greet their master, supreme in authority. And that is the word that is being used here. And what Jesus is saying, if we can go back to 646, why do you call me Lord? Why do you call me master? Why do you call me owner, but you say no? Peter did this one time. He actually said these two words, no, Lord. There's like a, there's not been a dumber sentence in the history of humanity, no, comma, Lord, period. Like you just, oh, so you're going to tell the son of God no. That's interesting. But we all do that. Jonah did it. We studied Jonah last year. What did Jonah do? Like you're supposed to go that way. And he said, no, Lord, and he went that way. And then what, what happened? He said, <laughs> we're going to get him there, okay, just a little smellier than originally planned in the belly of a whale for three days, right? I think that it's possible. It's entirely possible. I was talking to one of my best friends in the world this week, and he said, we're talking, we're talking about a situation uh, in, in our lives where we've been humbled by the Lord, where the Lord has kind of had to remind us, hey, hey you're not God. You're not in charge. And sometimes that humbling is difficult to deal with. But we say, no, Lord, that, that, that should have no place in our vocab. That should have no place coming out of our mouths if, if we're believers. Now, again, if you're not a believer, like, I, I'm, I'm not going to make you do anything, but I'm just going to tell you, there's an easier path than telling God no. <laughs> if you are a believer, I would just tell you, like, if he is Lord, he is master, he is, like, in charge, like, in charge, and so what does Jesus say about himself that he's Lord? That's the first word that I want to share with you. The second word, it's actually going to come out of uh, John chapter 15. We actually ended the, the fuse with this chapter in the spring, John chapter 15. 
There's two verses I want to show you. First, verse 5 says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So there's this, there's this kind of understanding that like if we want to kind of live our purpose out. So why are we here? Well, whatever it looks like, it means being connected to him. It means being abide. Abiding means living and dwelling and staying. It means that, like you want to be with him, okay? Then scoot forward to, to verse 15. This is what I love. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all that I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. He's talking to his disciples. Man, I love this. There's different times. I want you to track with me real quick, okay? Because you're going to be like, Mark never talked about this. I'm talking about it right now. There's times where you're reading scripture and you're like, well, he tells us to, that we're servants over here, but he says, no longer do I call you servants. And here's, here's what's happening. Jesus is, is kind of like on a trajectory, on a, on a pathway with these guys, and, and he's growing in his relationship with them. And what he's saying is, in no uncertain terms, if you're going to follow me, like, if, we're, if you're going to abide in me, understand, that's friendship. So somehow, Jesus is saying, I am Lord. Don't, like, don't, don't get it twisted. He's on the throne and he is in charge. But also, he's your friend. He's my friend. He's our friend. In fact, the Greek word that I want to show you that's used there is phileo. Say phileo. So phileo means friend, and what's interesting about the word phileo um, is that it's kind of one of the types of love as well as kind of one of the ways it's used in scripture. Um, it's kind of this term for brotherly love. I love the Greek language because we have one word for love. I could say, man, I love my wife, and I could also say, I love tacos, and they are not the same. <laughs> Those are not the same words, right? Amen? Right? Yeah? So um, phileo is this word he's using to talk about his brotherly love with these guys. It's a friend. It's an associate. Man, I love the last one. One of the bridegroom's friends who on his behalf asked the hand of the bride and rendered him various services in the closing the marriage and separating the nuptials. I'm thinking about like a groomsman, right? The best man. Thinking about your maid of honor, thinking like your crew, like the people that you really truly trust in this world. What Jesus is saying is, I am both king and also I'm your friend. I am both Lord, I'm master. Can we stop wrestling around, guys? Thank you. Um, I'm both Lord and friend. I want to challenge you this year. As you think about what it looks like to connect to God, whatever that looks like, to think of him in those two terms. I think a lot of people, and listen, there's more. There's more words for God out there. But I really feel like the Lord wants us to show us, okay, master in charge. I, wanna, I want us to understand, like, the obedience to a master or a king or a Lord, obedience, like, he's asking for our obedience, he who hears these words and does them is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Obedience is what he's after there. But also he's saying, friend, obedience. See, you hear obedience and you think like I'm marching around like a robot. I got to do what he says. And I don't even care about this person. Listen, if I can just say it this way, it's going to be harsh. Okay, you ready? 
If you're just like mindlessly following Jesus and it says do this and don't do that, so I'm just going to do these things, I'm a robot. That's not Christianity. It's a family, right? He's our heavenly father. Like this is not something to just be like, well, ugh, like i got to follow the rules. Like you have missed it because he's our friend. Man, he's our friend. So the, the closeness of a friend and the obedience of a king, of a, of a master, those two things seem like two different people, don't they? Two different relationships, but they are one in Jesus. And I, if I'm asking you how, how can you start well this year? How can, you, how can you think about what you want this year to hold for you spiritually? I want you to think about those two words, Lord and friend. Here's a question I want to put on the screen. What do you want to say in nine months when you finish school, when you finish this school year, nine months from now? And you're like, man, I just started. I love the fall. Like, I love this fall kickoff time. I love this moment right here. Like, I am having fun. I'm on a 10 out of 10 right now. I love the fall. But I also love the idea that we don't lose focus throughout the school year. And so I want to ask you, and I, I can't follow you around and, like, do your Bible study with you. I can't follow you around and make you, like, grow in your relationship with God. Those of you who were here last spring filled some of these out. These uh, habits cards. And I want to ask you, this is, not, this is not me being like, did you do it? This is not what. So for those of you that are new, especially sixth graders, we had this series last year called Habits, where we talked about things that we do that grow our relationship with God. And so we gave every student in here an opportunity to like select a habit to like grow in their relationship with the Lord. And like almost every single person in here, it was awesome. Everyone participated. And so I have like your cards. Yeah, I want you to know, like I, have, I, I kept these because they mean something to me because I've been praying for you by name throughout the summer that, that you would grow in these. I think specifically one of the most exciting things, I, I, did, I should have got the numbers from like Nikki and Eli, but a, a group of you decided you wanted to start serving in like first kids or first friends. I, I would just be curious. I know some of you signed up to read your Bible. Some of you signed up to pray. Some of you signed up to, to tithe. Some of you, all that kind of stuff. I just for my own research, how many of you, just raise your hand if you signed up to serve in like preschool or, or kids ministry. Awesome. That's so awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, give yourself a hand. That's awesome. Some of you are like, can we clap for that? Absolutely, we can clap for that. And listen, let me ask you this. This is just, oh man, I'm just having fun. Okay, we're almost out of time, but I just got to ask this question. Would anyone say, this is purely research, would anyone say that I remembered signing that, and so I, I, I did give it at least a small effort to try that habit last summer. Raise your hand. And don't lie. Don't lie if it wasn't you. Awesome. Dude, pat on the back for you as well. That's awesome. Now, sixth graders, you weren't here, so that doesn't, you don't, you don't count. We love you. You're welcome here, but you weren't here, so you weren't able to take part in that. Um, I need you to hear this. I need you to hear this. I am praying for you that the Lord would encounter you in like the most special way just to you. Because he is a friend. Now, on the other hand, if we walk along, this is just a warning. 
if we walk along in our life just like stiff-arming Jesus and like, I'm, I'm just going to kind of do life the way I want to do it. I want to know why does that mean? I'm not God. I just read his word. And, and what he says is that you've got the opportunity to hear these words and to do them. Will you do them? Or will you be one to mock God? You know what scripture says about mocking God? He will not be mocked. God will not be mocked. So I want to just challenge you with all that. Now, just in the last 60 seconds, I want to share this. Um, and then you'll be dismissed. Um, I want to catch the sixth graders up on something. Uh, last, last year, the, the, the thing about this right here was that I said that I was going to do a challenge too. And, um, sh- um, and so I said I was going to do a challenge too. And what I said was that we all need to grow in different ways. I'm not saying I don't need to grow spiritually. Not saying you may not need to grow in like your physical health, your emotional health, whatever. But like I said, I'm going to take a specific challenge physically. And I'm going to lose like, I'm going to challenge myself to lose 50 pounds over the next next year. Now, it's not a year anymore. It's like nine months from now. now. It's, It's 40 weeks away is the deadline. June 1st, 2023. Someone said, you said you're going to lose 50 pounds by June 1st? That's in like 30 days. I was like, no, 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 2023. <laughs> and, so, and so I'm here to give you an update uh, because some of you have been asking. And I'll just tell you, good, good news, bad news, okay? Good news, um, I, my starting weight was 289 pounds. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, and I'm just going to trust you not to be like, fat whale. Like, I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't, shh, EJ, don't. I don't need it, is what I just said. Um, so starting weight, 289. Not proud of it. Not proud of it. That's why I need a shift in my life, right? Does anybody remember what my goal was? 50 pounds. Did I lose 50 pounds over the summer? No, we can obviously tell. I lost five pounds. Now, here's what's interesting. Hey, all right, encouragement, yeah. Okay, so slow down, slow down. Good news, bad news. Uh, I lost 10, then I gained five back. <laughs> so that's how that worked. Um, summer got busy. Uh, it got real busy. And I was at camps and uh, doing Sienna Serve. And then I went on vacation. And I was just like, I'm just going to let loose. Uh, I got the dad bod going right now for the last time, uh, hopefully. <laughs> uh, so anyway, my goal weight is 239. Um, that's just 50 pounds off 289. So um, and if I don't uh, meet this challenge with success, then there's all kinds of punishment, and, um, and there's, we'll, we'll talk more about that another time. But here's what I wanted to tell you. Why? It's like, okay, so we were just talking about Jesus, and now we're talking about how fat Mark is. Like, this is really weird, and I don't really see the connection. I'm taking this challenge personally because I need to do it for my physical health, but I'm also asking you guys to go on your own spiritual challenge. And what I want to ask you again is where do you want to see yourself when school's over, because where I want to see myself physically, now I want to grow spiritually. I've said this. I want to make that clear. This is not just a, like a, a weight loss challenge. I want to grow in all areas of my life. But if we could just put that, that question back up on the screen, where do you want to see yourself in nine months? Because if you just drift, let me tell you, all, all eyes on me. If you just drift, there's a good chance. Like drifting doesn't grow you. And you might even say, I'm just going to kind of stay the same. Let me tell you, if you are Listen to me. If you're a year older and you've stayed the same, 
it hasn't you stayed the same. There's been a decline in spiritual growth. And we are going to be, like, I love you so much, and I want to pour into you every bit of biblical knowledge I have, spiritual application. I want to share. I want to help. I want to assist. I want to guide all that stuff. But I can't make you. And I want you to be that support for each other. I'm going to say that every week so that you get it. I want this to be a family of people that are getting each other's back. The way, honestly, the way y'all clapped for me when I was like, I lost five pounds. Uh, like, it was awesome because you were supporting me. Awesome. Support each other in that way as well. Now, in nine months, I'll, I want to be somewhere different in my physical growth, my spiritual growth, all that. And I want you to as well. Okay? So I'm just challenging you. You've got to answer that question. I'm answering it for myself and, like, literally no one else. I've got some, some stake in my family. I'd like to lead my family well. I'd like to lead you well, but I can't make you take those steps. I can't make you hear those words and do them like a wise man. So where will you be and what will you do? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're starting off a school year, um, uh, a new year of few specifically, and we just want to, like, posture our hearts in humility we are servants i know that you call us friends but we are also servants god we are creations made by a creator with a purpose so god all of that wrapped up in i pray that we would remember these two words lord and friend i pray that we would hold on to those two words throughout the school year it's in your name i pray Amen.